we have spent over a year going, uh, flying 20,000 feet over the scripture and looking at every single book in the Bible. And that ended last week. Today we start a new series and it will go on for quite some time. It'll be our theme as we move forward, as we focus on Jesus here above all else. We want to look at his name. We want to look at the names given to Jesus in scripture. And there are a lot more than perhaps you know. But let's start with the reading out of Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. I'll stop there and just say, if that was the only job we had, that would keep me busy 24-7. And I think most, and it also shut down Facebook, but there, that's different. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess or acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Shakespeare once said that a rose by any other name would smell as sweet, and while that is technically true, I cannot see us giving roses to our loved ones if they'd been named skunk cabbage or stinky rubbish. Uh, th there are, the names do matter. They're important. It's, you know, I'm, I'm a Scottish guy with an Irish first name, and people will look at it and say, how did that happen? And I'll say, because my mother won one argument with my father. That's why. And so since she's Irish, I got the name of an Irish saint, although my father would always say, now you weren't named after this Catholic saint. And I'm going, oh yeah, it was. And I, I did that inside. That's why I'm alive. But uh, that's... I had a friend who... Uh, I watched being baptized and afterwards I talked to him and I said have you ever thought about changing your name and he seemed rather surprised by it his last name was Pagan and I said you know you're not now uh, and he never did change it and we never connected on that one but most of the time we put a lot of thought into names that we give to each other to our children to our businesses even to our pets we're, we're a little bit better as a rule than Frank Zappa. We don't name our kids Dweezil and Moon Unit like he did. We tend to try to give them an interesting name with meaning, perhaps linked to the family somehow. And perhaps if you're, if you're forward thinking, you even think, would this look right if one of these days they become a world-renowned surgeon or a world, uh, they, they sit on the Supreme Court? We want to name that won't look silly when they are older and when they're in the prime of their life. We're concerned about our name. We're concerned about our reputation. We're concerned to the point where we take great pain about the name. But Jesus was not just given a name. According to Philippians chapter two, he was given a name above all names. And now you and I have to figure out over this next year or so, what does that mean? Take a look at Psalm, Psalm 9, 7 through 10. The Lord reigns forever. He has established his throne for judgment. He rules the world in righteousness and judges the people with equity. 
The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Now, name here does not mean what we call him. Although that would have been the first thought to the people at the time. Because they had this concept of names. That names were given with power. And that uh, very often, in fact, they would give you a secret name at birth. And then give you a name which was used in public. Those only that knew the secret name had real access to your life. That's an odd thing for us. We don't do that sort of thing. But whenever Psalm 9 says this, most people in that time would have thought, he has a name, and there's a power name. But the psalmist was talking about reputation. This is who God is. He rules in righteousness. He rules in equity. And he really is the righteous judge, mighty king. And he's the one who is the refuge for those that are broken, as was read here today by the Wyatts. I, uh, to me, that's always been an amazing hinge point of history when Jesus stands up in Luke and reads that passage and says, I'm here, that's me, that's what I'm doing. I'm lifting up the fallen, I'm freeing the captive. God has a reputation. Jesus has a reputation. And it's one to be honored and it's one to be protected. And that's why it breaks my heart and I'm sure it breaks God's heart whenever Christians who bear Jesus' name act anything but Christian toward their neighbors, toward the fallen, toward the captive, toward the broken. Jesus was given a name higher than any other. I think it's appropriate to ask, well, why? How did he get that honor? Well, he got it by his life, according to Philippians. He, got, he earned it by his life. There is, I don't know the status of the law right now. The Supreme Court struck it down. I know other people are trying to bring it back. Uh, a law called stolen valor. Because too many people were putting on uniforms that they never served. And giving themselves medals that they never earned. So that they could get percentages off on meals and get special treatment here and there. Yet they'd never paid the price to get this. Every so often you'll hear a news anchor, and news anchors or, and journalists know very little about the military and, and as a rule. It's not their field. And they'll say something like, so-and-so so won the Medal of Honor. You don't win a Medal of Honor. You're awarded one because you earned it. You didn't win it. Jesus didn't win this name in some lottery. He earned it. And today, we cannot stop talking about what Jesus did for us and what he did for the world, for people, for nations. In fact, imagine a world with no Jesus. Try. It's not all that hard, actually. Look at all the countries where Jesus has not been taught, where Jesus and his people have not made a real appearance. You will find, without exception, horrible poverty, horrible classism, where people are born into a class and stuck there. Despair, lack of freedom, mistreatment of women, mistreatment of children, no justice. But when Jesus comes upon the people, everything changes. The laws change. Societies change. People's interactions change. And the more Jesus comes upon them, the more it changes. And the more you push him away, the more it goes back. We need Jesus. Think of when Jesus 
tossed out the demon from the Gadarene demoniac. That's, those, are, that's, those are two words which you will only hear in a church. Neither of those make much sense outside of a church. Jesus crosses a lake. He gets there. There's this crazy guy. He's got demons in him. Uh, he, he tears his clothes off. He, he cuts his, himself. He breaks chains. He terrifies a whole country. But once Jesus contacts him, and Jesus changes everything. The next time you see him, he's clothed, he's in his right mind, and he treats people with grace and dignity because Jesus showed up. That's how Jesus changes things. And we have no right to wear his name if we refuse to be changed by him. Max Lucado wrote a book several years ago they said, Jesus loves you just as you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. The story is told. It's apocryphal. I'm sure, I'm sure it didn't happen. There's just not any history for it, but it's a good story. That Alexander the Great uh, was brought a soldier that had been causing disruption and theft and, alcohol, you know, and, and drunkenness in the group. And um, as he was adjudicating the matter, he said, now what soldier, what's your name? And the man said, my name is Alexander. And Alexander the Great said, they either change your life or change your name. Jesus says, change your name, change your life. Let's be Christian. Martin Luther, whenever he would catch himself in a frame of mind or uh, in an activity which seemed to be not worthy of Jesus, would say out loud, but I have been baptized to remind himself, my name has changed. I remember once I was in university and um, we were on a break and there was an older man there. He was, he was quite old uh, to be a student. He's probably 30. At the time, that was to me, you know, nearing death's door. Um, halfway dirt, frankly, but he was standing there in his 30s. And what, uh, a young lady walked by, he was quite attractive young lady, and he turned and stared at her in an inappropriate way. And I looked at him, and I, being young and, and not really aware of the ways of things, I, I said, what you doing? And he told me what he was doing. And I said, but you're married. And he went, uh, but I'm not dead. I said, that can still happen um, if, if, if you're caught. Um, you know, because I was in America, and, and uh, you know, people here, when they're born, are issued a weapon. So I'm assuming his wife has one. I'm married, and that means I need to remember that. I'm a Christian. That means I need to remember that. I'm in a situation here. It changes things. I have a name, and I can only act by authority of that name. I cannot come to your house later, knock on a door, and say, open up in the name of the law, because I, I don't have authority to use that name. A police officer can show his badge and stop traffic and walk across the street, but I don't care how hungry I am, I, I can't hold up my wallet and open it up to my driver's license and stop traffic. I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work. That's why you always send a friend off first. See if this works. Go. Um, we have, however, been given the badge. We've been given authority to act in the name of Jesus. We as a church connect people to each other and to Jesus. We grow spiritually and we serve people in the name of Jesus. We can do it in the name of Jesus because we have the name. It's our name. 
about a year or so ago when some people decided to go after me in this church, uh, five or six fake Twitter accounts were set up within a matter of a month or so, all of them using my name and picture. Well, giving credit to Twitter, they, as soon as they found out, they shut them down very quickly. Another one would pop up, they'd shut it down. And eventually that has calmed down for now. But the reason they shut them down was, free speech or not, you don't have the right to appropriate somebody's name and image. That's theirs. Christ's name has been given to us. Can you imagine the power that gives you? And can you imagine the responsibility that gives you? Jesus said, if you enter a house and you call down blessing on that house, it will be blessed. But if you don't, it won't. You have the power to bless. He also says, forgive sins. You have the power because you can do it in the name of Jesus. I've heard people argue against it, but you're going to have to end up arguing with Jesus because he's the one who told us we could. We are temples of the Holy Spirit, which means we are the place where people can meet God, behave appropriately, act appropriately, and treat each other and the world, especially the world, in accordance with Christian principle. In many cultures, as I said, you're given a secret name at birth. In heavenly realms, God's name is so powerful that the Bible mentions that. Genesis chapter 32, verses 26 through 29, this, uh, Joshua wrestles, uh, I'm sorry, Jacob wrestles with an angel. We find out later it's God. The man said, that be God, let me go for it's daybreak. But Jacob said, I will not let you go until, unless you bless me. The man asked him, what's your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. That means those who, he who wrestles with God. Because you've struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. He wouldn't give him his name. He didn't give Jacob his name. Remember that. Let's look at the next one in Judges chapter 13. Then the woman went to her husband and told him, a man of God came to me. He looked like an angel of God, very awesome. I didn't ask him where he came from, and he didn't tell me his name. Later, they meet again. The angel of the Lord replied, even though you detain me, I will not eat any of your food. But if you prepare a burnt offering, offer it to the Lord. Manoah did not realize that it was the angel of the Lord. Then Manoah inquired of the angel of the Lord, what is your name? so that we may honor you when your word comes true. And the angel turns to him and says, you can't handle my name. Some versions will say, it is too much for you. Others will say, it is too wonderful for you. Others say, it is too powerful or awesome for you. Again and again and again, Moses stands and says, what is your name? And the only name he's given is, I'm the God that exists. I am that I am. That's all you need to know. All of these were not given the name. But Jesus, who is the great I am, came to us, told us his name, gave it to us, and said, wear it. We can come before the throne of God because we bear the name of Jesus and we're allowed to use it. Look at Hebrews chapter 4 and chapter 6. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. God did this 
so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have, present tense, this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. When we first came back to America, we were lived in Ohio. And a man there said, do you like football? And I said, yes, because I do. And he said, would you like to go to an Ohio State game? And I said, sure. He says, well, I can't go, and I have tickets, and here's your tickets, and here are your, your parking passes. Put this on your dashboard. I didn't know what that meant, but I did. As we're driving, all kinds of lines and such open up, and people open up things because they saw the pass there. No, you get to come closer. Other people are walking from, I don't know, Milwaukee, but we're, we're right next to it. And, and you're, you're ushered to our seats. And all Be, not because of us. I have zero connection to Ohio. I have zero connection to Ohio State at that time. I wasn't on staff at the university yet. I, I was just in the area. There are people that wait their entire lives to get tickets there, and yet we were ushered. Why? Not because of me, but because of somebody else who had gone before. I can go talk to God anytime I want to about anything I want to, and I can wrestle with God, and I can question God, and I can dance with God, and I can do all of that, not because of anything Patrick Mead has ever said or done, but because I bear the name of his son, and that gets you right in. We have the name, and that's a gift. And we gather by his authority. We are acting in his interest, and we are to act like him. Sometimes we act like the world has cheated us. Why don't we have a car that's nice as that one? Why don't we have his wife as pretty as that one? Why don't we have a husband as nice as that one? Why don't our kids behave like that one? Why don't we, we feel like the world's cheated us. When we've been given the greatest gift ever, we have been given the name of the ruler of the universe and allowed to wear it as our own. Mary's pregnancy was announced. Those few humans that were honored and blessed enough to hear the announcement were told, his name will be Emmanuel, God with us. Now, when I was a boy, that really upset me because they turn right around after God said, his name will be Emmanuel, and they call him Jesus. And that felt to me like a bit of disobedience or a problem in Scripture, and yet none of the preachers that I, that I heard ever brought it up. And I kept saying, you're not noticing this. Later, it realized, I realized what happened in that passage. By the way, later we'll talk about Emmanuel. We'll talk about God with us. That's not the point of today. We're just looking at the name. The fact is, Jesus means God with us because he came with us, to us, and took the most common name in the first century. Almighty God came down to the planet in a form of a baby, walks around as a man, and says, just call me Joe, just call me Steve, just call me John. Takes the most common name he can find. God with us, yeah, yeah. His name wasn't, you know, Sennacherib. His name wasn't uh, Mehershalarazbaz. It's in the Bible. Look it up. Um, his, he, he didn't use, you know, he, the grand great potentate. He's, he said, Joe, just, just call me Joe. Just call me Bob. 
He truly was God with us. To Mason, have you ever wondered what they thought when they looked at him and he said, just call me this. And he's on the floor playing with their kids and thinking, that's God playing with my kids and I'm supposed to treat him just like us. He didn't take a name of power. He took a common name, came from common family, made friends with the common people. He ate with them, he loved them, he served them, he listened to them, and he promised that he would always be with them. God with us. And he took the body and name of a common person too. In fact, when, when the people came to arrest Jesus, they had to have somebody point him out in the middle of a bunch of fishermen, farmers, uh, tax collectors, just average people. He didn't look unaverage. I told you this before, but back in, I think it was early 80s, the, the BBC, the British uh, TV, uh, put on a mini-series on the life of Jesus, uh, acting it out. They, it wasn't documentary style. It was, it was done as a drama. And they got all kinds of grief, not because, as you might think, in this country you would do it because you're not being true to Scripture. In Britain, they weren't that concerned about the Scripture. What they were very upset with was the actor chosen to portray Jesus. It was short, pudgy, a little bit of a belly, thin hair, and people were incensed. Their Jesus looks handsome. There, by the way, if you look like that, you're darling. You're absolutely darling. <laughs> I'm not trying to knock you down. Sorry, sorry. Everybody needs a wee shelf for their drink. They, everybody, it's fine. But we wanted a Jesus that was white and shiny like a member of the Swedish ski team and buff. And, and we wanted, you know, and... Yet, I think Jesus probably looked a lot more like that than he does the paintings. Because they had to point him out in the middle of everybody else. Wow. As we wrap this up, Mark, go ahead and bring your team up, would you please? What did that mean? When Jesus came down to us like that, took our name acted like us, looked like us, and then said, here's how you live. Follow me. What does that mean to you? I think it shows that to God, you are anything but ordinary. You are anything but common. You're so valuable that you are worth the attention and love of Almighty God. He lifted up the poor and forgotten. He brought down the high and the mighty. He went through the store and changed all the price labels. So what we used to think was really nice and expensive, no, not anymore. And what we used to think was very poor and common, he lifted up. I've told you before, I don't really want to get into too much science here. Well, I want to, but I won't get into much science here. But they, we estimate that there are 10 to the 60th power, 62nd power atoms in the universe. That's a lot. You make a one and then, then draw all those zeros and, you, and then put the commas in. And yet, we know we can take the DNA from one female in here and one male in here and make 10 to the 128th power 
different individuals with no copies, no twins. And those of you that are math challenged, don't panic. Uh, 10 to the 128th power is not twice 10 to the 62nd power. It is trillions of times more. All I'm saying to you is this. You are far more unique than the universe in which you live. You are far more rare than any substance in the universe. You are not stardust. You are children of Almighty God. Take his name. Act appropriately.